Hey, hey, welcome back to Falling Out. This is Season 3, Episode 9, Double Meanings by Design. going to talk about that in a second, but first, a few pieces of admin. Number one, last episode, I mentioned that I got an extremely disappointing response from Goldman Sachs when I alerted them to the fact that their chairman has been receiving human trafficked money and appearing at events, going on the record praising a known human trafficker named Hak Ja Han. No fucking response. And I've been trying to figure out how to escalate that shit. A few kind folks around me decided that they would escalate it for me, so I haven't done anything. But I know some other people have started writing letters. It's gone past the submit a form to report an ethics violation stage. It's now gone to let's write multiple emails to the CEO of Goldman Sachs, guy by the name of David Solomon, along with Goldman Sachs Investor Relations. My sense is that the Investor Relations folks will not be happy about this human trafficking association, and potentially we might see a resolution through them. It's just happened in the last 24 to 48 hours. Stay tuned. Part one of the escalation has begun. Let's see what more needs to be done. I also should say, most people say this at the very beginning of the show, I'll say it now, two minutes in. If you'd like to keep this show ad-free and editorially independent, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. Subscriptions start at around $6 a month. Patreon subscribers get access to video content as well as Patreon-exclusive meetups. If you're interested, we'd love to see you there. And if not please consider supporting the show by doing something very, very, very easy. Giving it a rating. Just like clicking the five stars or maybe four or whatever. Give me one, whatever you think is 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 reasonable here. But rating the show has a big impact on the visibility and the algorithm. The other thing is leaving reviews. So if you'd be so kind as to leave a review on the platform of your choice, that would be extremely helpful and extremely appreciated. And speaking of reviews... I would like to read one that I got recently. I've been a bit remiss on this recently, but this one I thought was quite cool. And this came through recently uh, via Apple Podcasts. Elgin does a great job, quote, Elgin does a great job of painting a broader picture of the vast moon organization and the very harmful effects of its doctrines, especially in the context of being born into the system. These tactics of manipulation, misdirection, misinformation, and control are important to understand as they're employed all around us to varying degrees. As someone who grew up in that cult system, it is very accurate and very relatable. Hopefully the content can be understood by people who do not have intimate knowledge of the group. This was something that Elgin obviously was learning as, as he was going, and the show gets better as it goes along. He learns to be a better interviewer, the audio quality improves, and the structure becomes more solid. Props to just going for it and putting this out there. A reviewer, whoever you are, 100%, I agree with you. I was definitely making this shit up as I went along, and I hope that the audience can notice the improvement over time. Thank you for sticking with me. I got another inbound recently. And this I thought was quite cool. This is this is a permutation that I haven't seen before, but it was quite cool and I'm going to leave out any identified names here. Here goes. I just got this in the next in the last 24 hours. Hi Elgin, I wanted to send you a note to thank you for your work. Not only for those who are still in the UC in the UC who find you and for those who have left, but for those of us who were never in the church but have found ourselves profoundly impacted by it secondhand. I am married to, and now I'm ending the quotes, so this person is married to a second-generation UC member, 
So I'll skip through the identifying pieces. And then later on, uh, it continues to say, although it can be incredibly difficult to listen to, honestly, your show helps me to understand my partner and parts of his lived experiences that he doesn't often share. So thank you. Your show has been a strong supplement to therapy for me. Boom. I will take that. Thank you, kind reviewer. And I am delighted to hear that this show is being used in that context. Again, one of the many unforeseeable but delightful positive consequences of doing this. So thank you for hitting me up with that. I really appreciate it. I also got my first piece of hate mail this week. This was quite exciting. A gentleman by the name of Bruce. Bruce, you were my first. I kind of love you for it, by the way. Dear Elgin, Teddy, and other second-gen apostates. So here we go. Teddy's giving a shout-out. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Teddy, part of the club. Dear Ted, dear Elgin, Teddy, and other second-gen apostates. Teddy, if you don't know, was on this show, and he does he does the artwork for the show. Well, the, the graphic design, I should say. Dear Elgin, Teddy, and the other second-gen apostates. That's, that's a very sweeping generalization. There's a lot of y'all out there. Fucking great. In the Bible, it says that one of the worst sins is to convince someone who already believes in God slash Jesus to give up his faith. And then there are two Bible quotes. First one, whoever causes one who believes in me to sin, it will be better for him to have a great millstone fastened to his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. So I guess Bruce is suggesting that that's what should happen to me. That's that's delightful. That's, that's a lot of peace and love in that, Bruce. A lot of loving your enemy is is in there. So thanks, Bruce. There's another Bible verse. Woe to you, apostates and blind guides, hypocrites, because you shut the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow others who would enter to go in. You are using twice the effort to make him as much a child of hell as yourself. Okay, so I guess we are children of hell. Thank you, Bruce. I don't even know what to say, man. This is the fr- this honestly took way fucking longer than I thought it would. I thought I'd be getting this shit like years ago, but Bruce, you were my first. Love you, man. And then Bruce sent me one. He sent me that, and then like like an hour or two later, he sent me this single single line. The sad thing for me is that I love both your Elgin and Teddy parents very much. And I look at that, and I'm like, Bruce, man, like what is sad about you loving our parents? Just you should love them. That's you, your relationship with them. It exists in complete autonomy and isolation from whatever Teddy and I and us second generation apostates are doing with our lives. And the ways that we're speaking the truth about the experiences that we grew up in. The Bruce saga continued, I must say. So for those who haven't been following the show on Instagram, you should, first of all, because it's where I release shit like this. I got a lot of interesting comments when posting this. One I thought in particular was really quite resonant and that I really related with. This is in the public, so I feel like it's fine to mention the handle here. Sally Ann Sears at Sally Ann Sears specifically mentioned this whole bit reminds this is this is these are her words. This whole bit reminds me of the Darvo acronym. Deny, accuse, reverse, victim, and offender. Deny after all the child neglect, the labor trafficking, coercive control, among other harms caused by the UC. For a person to reactively play the tragic victim about those truths being spoken about publicly is pretty telling. What is sad? Exactly. Thank you, Sally. So sad that those living under the control of a cult are having their history discussed publicly? Or is it so sad that kids are out on the street fundraising in the midst of a pandemic in dangerous circumstances for the sake of the already ultra-wealthy? 
Thank you, Sally. And you know what I love about this is Sally, I don't think she grew up in the cult. This is someone who's didn't grow up in the cult, but is still finding value from this and is educating me. So thank you, Sally. I appreciate it. And, and I have to say, the reason I bring that up is that Darvo thing. That is a thing that happens a lot when talking to family members that are still in the cult and family members who are still in other like fucking crazy ways of thinking. They do that shit all the time. I've seen it so much. And as soon as Sally mentioned that, I was like, oh, that's what that's called. Darvo. Deny, accuse, reverse, victim, and offender. Thank you. I'm going to be using that. It's now part of my vocabulary, and it's probably going to become part of the vocabulary of this show. Thank you, Sally. And then that brings us to this episode. The last episode, I got some good feedback on the last episode with Chris Kavanaugh and Matt Brown. This one, I think, is absolutely essential listening to anyone who listens to this podcast, because here we have two academics reviewing the words, and not just the words, but the tactics, the communication tactics employed by Sun Myung Moon and offering their insights as to what he's doing and how he's manipulating people and how it relates to the other types of manipulation that we see in many other circumstances. This to me was a truly fascinating interview. I'm delighted that Chris Kavanaugh and Matthew Brown took part in this and I hope you like it. Here it is, part two with Chris Kavanaugh and Matt Brown. Okay, so we are back um, with Elgin Street from the Falling Out podcast uh, to talk about a topic that he's not known to discuss often. He's he's rarely mentioned that the uh, the uh, the guru in this case is um, Reverend Moon um, of the Unification Church, uh, or also known as the Mooney. So we. We did something a little bit different than usual. We went and looked at content from a, uh, I guess, an actual religious guru or cult cult leader, um, and we took two pieces of content. One is from the God Bless America Festival in 1976, and you'll hear when we played the clips. There's a kind of 70s vibe to it, and the other one was from a. 2001 i think uh like yeah, event one we will stand that yes the 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 name and they, they're both kind of these events um seemingly promoting ecumenical ecumenism right like on the surface level it looks like they're talking about how christians should be united as one and yeah, america it was uh, that that was one of the themes that they were trying to to latch onto at, throughout the, the the whole history of the Moonies. Um, at one point, they actually had the the technical name was the, the Holy Spirit Association for the Unification of World Christianities. Uh, so specifically, sort of talking about trying to bring all these these Christian denominations together, uh, and you know, worship God, but also, oh, by the way, worship Moon. Uh, as as part of that, um, that was kind of and that was kind of like the bait and switch that they would do. They're like, let they'd be like, hey, we're going to do this big thing. We're all going to get together and worship God together. And then at the end of it, Moon would come on and talk about how he was the new Messiah and would ask people to then sort of pledge allegiance to him. 
Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it because it seems like it comes in pretty late to the pitch, and it's not really emphasized as a <laughs> like an important thing. It's more just like, oh, won't you like stand with me and raise your hands to say thanks, Reverend Minister Messiah? It's kind of yeah, exactly. It's, it's there's some parts where it's because it's not even clear. It's not clear that they mean moon. I mean, it is clear to them, yeah. but I think that all the Christians, it sounds like they're talking about Jesus. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, um, and 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 I think that's that's part of the dynamic that we talked about in the last the last episode, where they stage these events, and they, there's almost like outsiders see it one way, and insiders perceive it another way, and. Mm. The, the, to the insiders, they look at that and and they they hear the language in their own terms, and they think it's all these people that are now agreeing to Moon being the second coming. Whereas these other people yeah. are just kind of like, "Well, I thought we were talking about something else." Um, it, but, but the purpose is served um, because because the Moonies feel like they're being they're getting that external validation. Yeah, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead of ourselves a little bit, Elgin, yeah. because I know yeah, you. Uh, no, no, no. It's it's not. It's my fault. But um, just for people listening, I want to mention that Matt is here. He's just a, a ghost-like figure in the background because <laughs> we are recording early in the morning, and his his old bones are warming up. So, so Matt, your 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 spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> That's right. Very weak, weak and spongy. Uh, but uh, so, um, Elgin. What um, um, have we we recorded that uh, first interview with you about a week ago or so? Um, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Did you have anything? Um, any yeah. questions on sitting with it? For I, a little I, bit? Yeah. yeah, I did. So so thanks for that. Was a really really fun thing to do, um, and you know, delighted to to have the opportunity to do that with you guys. Just a, a few things sort of came to mind. Um, so first and foremost, I need to correct myself. Um, so I mentioned that that um, someone had recently spoken at a Mooney, Mooney event. Uh, I, I, I called him Juan Manuel Barroso in the recording. His name is actually Jose Manuel Barroso. Um, he's a guy who he's actually former prime minister of Portugal, former chairman of the European Council, current chairman at Goldman Sachs, uh, who has recently been speaking at, at Mooney events. Um, so correction there, that's, that's his real name, Jose Manuel Barroso. Um, I, I think also in, in terms of my, just kind of thinking about that recording, I, I feel completely unable to, to adequately describe the, the multitude of grifts that the Unification Church, uh, employees um so we talked about sort of a handful of them but there's there are so many more and i just feel like i could i could do a, a whole podcast that would never end just just on that topic so um yeah i just want to make it clear that we we like barely scratched the surface of, of that topic um and then the, the other thing i was just thinking about sort of trying trying to get into into the mentality of of, of cult members and and what what drives them um and i was thinking about this the, the the current historical moment that we that we live in now, um, and we actually recorded that first that first interview on the day that, that Russia invaded Ukraine, um, and I reflect back upon my time in the cult, um, and I remember there was this um, this feeling in the cult that um, 
everything would be okay. We would never, we would never actually hit World War III um, because Moon was on the ground because he was doing his providential mission. And if we, if we members only had enough faith uh, and did everything he asked, then we could prevent these sorts of conflicts happening in the future. And eventually we'd achieve this world of, of, of peace effectively. Uh, and there, there's, there's something very sort of comforting in that, not thinking that the worst case scenario could happen and thinking that the world is going to get better and having this sense of, of absolute certainty that, that things are going to get better. And I think that's something that, that the Moonies leaned into heavily. And I think that's common across many cults is this feeling of absolute certainty things are going to be, be better and okay if we just believe hard enough. Um, so yeah, mm. those are those are some of my thoughts. Yeah, well, I guess the the peak of the, I don't know if it's the peak, but certainly a time when the, this, this video we're going to look at was um, taken in 1976. And so late 70s, early 80s, that was the peak of the Cold War. And, yeah. and of course, there's a lot of, um, uh, even more than now, a lot of angst about potential of nuclear war and in Korea itself obviously that's not that long after the Korean War yeah. um, which was pretty pretty traumatic for for that peninsula yeah mm. and I, I think Eldon in some sense that like it's inevitable that you won't be able to do justice to you know uh, the the experiences that you know thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people have within a movement or capture all the details in it but it's it's probably one of those things where it feels you know for you it feels like it's very important to get the details correct and to be clear about what you're representing but in reality i think for most people who are outside that situation you know the any information is is just giving them in a window in and it's unlikely that uh, that you know the other people would would find the you know any errors or any like things that you state that were you know are slightly incorrect about dates or that kind of thing. It won't matter. <laughs> like like it might it might matter if somebody wanted to uh, take you to task for you know oh look this shows that he didn't know exactly that but like yeah i think that for most ordinary people they they would understand that it's it's like a partial your experience thing yeah yeah and i i i i i agree with that i i think my the reason i i want to make sure i'm stating things as accurately as possible is because i know that it, if I get something wrong, uh, the Moonies will will point at that and be like, "Oh, look, they got that wrong. Like, th there's no this guy doesn't know what he's talking about." Uh, and and that's what they do uh, for and any article that's written in the in the press about them. Um, if they get one tiny thing wrong, uh, they'll just the Moonies will say, "Oh, look, this is just some person who's just writing this this thing. They they, they don't know what they're talking about." And and any any tiny inaccuracy is used by them to to you know discount the entire thing. Uh, so it's more kind of me trying to trying to cover myself from from that perspective, um, but I, yeah, I, I take, no, I take your point. I don't think any, yeah, sorry, normal, <laughs> ordinary listeners <laughs> will follow you about it. That's true. Other people, I can't, I cannot speak for, but I do think that also what you're describing is pretty common. Um, like if somebody writes an article about Jordan Peterson, 
and they misrepresent, for example, the nature of his um, his conflict with the students. But they have every other criticism of him. You know, it's pretty spot on yeah. or a good. They don't. It won't matter. Like all that will matter is yeah. they got the detail wrong about the thing, and then people say, "Well, if they don't know that, they you can't really trust any of the other things that they say." So yeah, yeah it's a it's a it is a common thing. But um, but turning to the content, Matt, I don't know if you feel similar about this, and I'll just flash it up at the start. Um, so you know when we're covering the like gurus and the secular gurus. In particular, we steered away from overtly religious or alternative medicine people, in part because it felt like what they're doing is already covered pretty well, you know, by uh, like cult researchers or by people uh, doing research into uh, religious belief and that kind of thing. But um, but listening to this content. It, it it reinforced that feeling that <laughs> like I, I don't want to I do not want to listen to uh people who are messiahs, but I you know, I also don't as Matt <laughs> mm-hmm. responds to Joe Rogan, uh, you know, six hours of that can also be a trial. But it it's more that I think it's harder and it will be harder to have like a sense of humor about some of it because a lot of it is like it's pretty on the nose and it's also like it's it's dark. It's not like Jordan Peterson, you know, kind of metaphorically referencing the role of w- women in society. Yeah. It's like someone saying, give your woman tube to your man. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> so that's the feeling I get. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's much more in your face. So we're interested in these mm-hmm. secular gurus and these people that kind of flirt with, the some strange ideas and sort of smuggle them in under yeah. under the surface, whereas this is just you know front and it's, center. It, yeah, it's over. And the, the yeah, the thing is, I, I feel like a lot of the ideas are probably the same. They're just they're just like Moon isn't camouflaging them in the yeah. way that that the the, the secular folks are. Uh, so yeah, it's just going straight for the straight for the jugular, pretty much. Yeah, and I I think in that sense it's useful because we can see the the parallels, but you can also see where there's a there's a difference, right? And uh, yeah. like, um, and and as you've mentioned in correspondence, there's there's like MAGA parallels. But um, so mm. let's turn to the material to, so that people can okay. hear what we're talking about. Um, I think it probably makes sense to talk about two in sequence because the the tone of them is a little bit different the the yeah. 70s documentary one um is like it was made in the 70s but i'll i'll just play a little clip so people can hear the uh, voiceover throughout the land people are celebrating our nation's 200th birthday most of these activities commemorate events in america's past actually america has very deep spiritual roots The pilgrims sought religious freedom and the chance to do God's will. The Declaration of Independence acknowledged the protection of divine providence. Religious leader from Korea is bringing America a bicentennial event of the greatest significance. So to me, like, although that's made in the 70s, it sounds like 1950s Disney. Like is that yeah. is that just me or was that what things were like in the seventies? 
I'm genuinely I was, unclear. I was, yeah, that's right. I was, I was alive then. But Matt, you, but, you but were I there. Think... <laughs> you were a young man at that time. Is that what things were like? A young boy. I was a young boy at that time. Thank you very much. Uh, um, I don't think so. I mean, I don't remember. I was mainly watching cartoons. Uh, um, it, it does you sound like old to be watching to cartoons, but you know, that's all right. <laughs> I don't judge you. So, so like, you, but you but can... I I think I think that's an interesting observation because it's like it, it's in this it's in the '70s, but it's it's almost intentionally harkening back to a simpler time, you know, yeah. before before Vietnam, before the Cold War. It's it it's 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 going back to to a different a different time and place, and you know, trying to recapture the glory of what life was like back then. That's, that's quite interesting, and not something. I mean, I hadn't quite made that connection until until having this conversation right now. But it's an intentional callback, I think. To, to yeah, that, that time and there's period. another there's another part that like shows this kind of you know like the boys got spunk. Aperture, so uh, <laughs> listen to this fit. From their headquarters near Fifth Avenue, members of the Unification Church International eagerly participate in a special campaign to clean up a very dirty New York City. So people cannot see the visuals, but this is a bunch of people clad in like white clothes running around New York City in the 70s, like sweeping up the mess. It's like instead of RoboCop, you got a bunch of eager young people uh, with brushes to like to clean up the streets. So clean the streets. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Before before we had the 80s, this was the suggested solution. (laughs) And I so I think. um... I don't know if my parents were some of those people in those white jumpsuits, but they, they would have been involved in this. Like maybe they were working in the office kind of planning this, this event, that sort of thing. I know it was a big deal for the Moonies. It was like the moment where they felt like Moon was kind of arriving in the U.S. So everyone was was working for it. Yeah, and there's a motif which is very common to me from looking at new religious movements, referencing the kind of interest of you know, figures of note, and in all of these, the two uh, two pieces of content we look at, there's there's lots of uh, kind of guests or bands or so on, and uh, they reference it explicitly in the introduction um, part. During these final weeks, special banquets are held for businessmen, professional people, and community leaders. They can see and hear firsthand an introduction to the inspiring message that Reverend Moon will soon be bringing to all of New York. <laughs> I keep, I'm just letting you hear a little <laughs> bit of the music because it's, uh, yeah, but you know, but it, it that notion of, yeah, just that like it's respectable, right? And what they're, it, I think, Elgin, it probably speaks to what you were talking about, about, you know, organizing events with innocuous names. Like if business leaders get invited to some some dinner for the spiritual renewal of America or something. Yes. It it, it probably doesn't seem a bad idea if they're going to pay you and, you know, give you food. Yeah, exactly. And and what you're missing by not seeing the video is they they actually showed a... um, 
video of, of one of those events. It looked just kind of like a standard sort of awards banquet or, you know, some, something you, you wouldn't guess it was, it, it had any religious connotation, certainly not a Mooney connotation by looking at it. Um, but that's, and it, that's what it was. And it's, again, it's just to give it that air of legitimacy. Yeah. And I, my, I, uh, you may remember this exciting moment from the video where they've, they've spent time organizing the event. It's the start of the video is like talking about, you know, how many calls and whatnot they're getting. And then the event is ready to go. But then television cameras are set up to record the festival for later broadcast. Beautiful decorations and large white letters spelling our nation's motto, God bless America, are assembled on the outfield grass. But from early morning on, cloudy overcast skies create an uneasy feeling. Ah, uneasy feeling. What's going to happen? Uneasy feeling. What's going to happen? I actually so, didn't know if you were going to keep that part in. I thought it was funny, but I didn't know if it was going to make it. Um, oh, they, it, 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 part of it does because so they, there's a hurricane or a, a tornado, one of the, you know, one yeah, of the extreme and, weather events. And and actually, just for context, this is happening in Yankee Stadium in the U.S. Just so so people are are aware. Uh, and so when it moves into the footage, it's you know, Moon is is standing on the the baseball diamond in 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 Yankee Stadium. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's kind of like the visual here. And they um so the the part that struck me about this was then there's a storm. You know, the weather's bad, so it's a bad day to hold an event. But instead of running for shelter. Members, their parents, and guests refuse to be defeated by the storm. This impromptu singing creates an unprecedented high spirit of unity and brotherhood all throughout the stadium. It is a united prayer, a deep-hearted petition to God for sunshine, and the prayer is answered. So the they're not singing sort of weird... Yeah, and they're not singing, at least as, as I could hear, they're not singing sort of weird hippy-dippy, like 1960s, 1970s stuff. They're singing good old... They're singing God Bless America. That's what all, they're, that's all, what they're yeah. singing. Yeah, yeah all um, American type songs. Yeah. Um, but th- that that device there of like, um, you know, let's get some... We, we need all these people to pray for something. Uh, and then if, if, if it happens, then great, the prayers worked. Uh, but if it doesn't happen, we didn't pray hard enough. Um, that that was that was comment. Like I heard that pretty much every day throughout my my upbringing. We got to pray for this. We got to pray for that. And flip a coin. The, if it's if if you, if you get it right, it's the prayer. If not, you didn't pray hard enough. Yeah. 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 The the God that <laughs> like there's never a fantastic logic to this kind of reasoning because the God who sent like the storm came because God did it. Right, like so, God tried to <laughs> fuck up the event, and then he was defeated because they no. prayed. No, he, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Chris. It was Satan who sent who sent the, oh, the storm. Okay, that's who did it. That's that's what you're missing. Uh, it was Satan who sent the storm, but then God heard the prayers and and he sent the sunshine. Or, or God sent it as a test <laughs> of faith. It's. That, yeah, that's another reading. That's another reading. You could do it that way. Yeah, but I, I just, you know, this, this is common in religious like reasoning. I've, I've uh, done some research with other 
new religious movements and they, they take any event, especially events which introduce challenges which are overcome as indicating that you know the that they were being supported but they they always take the you know the the like positive outcome at the end as proof that it was you know ordained but they don't take yep. the like attempt to sideline an event like from a freak weller event as being a bad sign yeah. right but, yeah um, yeah and in fact, well, certainly with the Moonies, I can't speak for others, but they, they would they would take it as, as the opposite. Like the fact that that Satan tried to 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 send a storm there shows that he's he's not happy with what they're doing, uh, and they're on the right track. Mm. Uh, and and like so, like the, the 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 fact that these challenges are presented are taken as evidence of. The, the the sacrificial course that must be taken to achieve God's God's providence is, is being fulfilled. Um, so they they kind of they 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 get it every different way. If, if, if things work well, they win. If things aren't going well and they suffer, they that's almost like part of the it, it's it's an expected part of the experience, basically. Mm. Yeah, and the event was a yes. success. Oh, sorry, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say it's not it's not a framework that lends itself to falsification. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it does not. It does not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I feel that's by design. But um, so so fortunate for the the church, the they overcome Satan's plan, and in spite of the violent rainstorm, the people come. More than 45,000 people attend the Bicentennial God Bless America Festival. An outstanding turnout. Is that... Is I, that... I'm, I keep I, expecting... I uh, sorry. I keep, I, I keep expecting this guy to start talking about, like, the, the wonders of the atom. You know, harnessing the power <laughs> yeah, of the atom. That's what he sounds <laughs> like, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, wish actually, I just want to... <laughs> yeah, that would be better, because... <laughs> I just looked up the stadium the capacity of Yankee Stadium, by the way, at fifty to touch under fifty five thousand people. Uh, okay, so they claim so that's good forty five thousand. So I guess it's decent. Uh, that's that's I, all right. It's, it's that's I, that I have trouble believing in the accuracy <laughs> of that forty five thousand. Why? Um, that's so cynical. <laughs> <laughs> so cynical. That people would inflate attendance numbers. That Elgin, that has never happened. It's not, <laughs> not at inaugurations, not at religious events. It doesn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah. wow, I hadn't even thought. Of, I hadn't made that connection between, between the uh, the the inauguration. Yeah, it's it's kind of this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, yeah. Jesus. You gotta you gotta have a big yeah. audience and. Uh, so, like, all of this is building up to to this moment. May I present the Reverend Sun Myung Moon. The founder of an inspiration behind. Blah blah blah. <laughs> so we, Can I? I just we... want to. <laughs> I just want to say something there. So that that guy who um. The guy who did the uh, introduction, um, uh, his name is Neil Salonen. And mm. in a, I just want to loop that back to something that, that we spoke 
about in our last episode. Um, we talked about how um, in many cases when people are introduced to a cult uh, or, or they're first approached by a cult, um, it's usually by by a, by a member of the opposite sex. Um, so mm-hmm. that guy, Neil, Neil, Neil Salonian, who's speaking on stage, um, he's the guy who first greeted my mother when she went to her first Mooney event in the late sixties, mm. early seventies. Uh, mm. and apparently he was like kind of dishy back then. Um, and, and I think that sort of fed into the, to the appeal. Um, so mm. yeah. Yeah. I've watched, I've watched a few videos on, um, the Mooney since talking to you and, um, I've seen several times people saying exactly what you did about how mm. the recruitment, um, method works. And it sounds exactly in, in all respects, different members of the opposite sex approaching you often on a university campus or something like that, focusing on young people. Um, they'll often mention something about, you know, they might have split up with their girlfriend or boyfriend recently and they were like, oh, this is nice. And mm-hmm. and the love bombing and the eye contact and just, just the good vibes. Yeah. And then before they know it, they've they've done a couple of weeks of, of, um, of, of staying there and not sleeping and suddenly absolute sex no 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 there's none of that not in the beginning not in the beginning no i've just got a one-track mind that can't help yeah so the that dynamic i i think this is something that really struck me in this content elgin and i i guess you're from we're familiar with it you know before this but the like the way that Moon speaks is right. One, he's speaking in Korean, and and two, it's like I don't find that charismatic. Like it's it's charismatic <laughs> in a a Hitlerian way. The yeah. it, it, and it's not so much. It, it's more in the second content where you get to hear a bit yeah. more of this. But it's actually Moon's translator who is the kind of charismatic voice guy mm-hmm. in english right like he yeah moon, moon sounds like a kind of angry duck and then his translator yeah. converts it into like a you know a, it's still not fantastic um pronunciation but a kind of at least uh, in terms of like the english but uh yeah but at least it sounds you know uh kind of authoritative so that's a weird thing it's like Moon doesn't seem to me to someone have a guru voice. He has a kind of like voice. Yeah, it's as... it's this kind of it's this like angry, complaining, um, belligerent. Just it doesn't it doesn't sound nice, and and it feels like he's kind of just. And I've actually I've seen this happen where he'll he'll go and give a speech, and he'll, it's it's like in most cases, in many cases, it's like it's like written down. Thinking in this this Yankee Stadium event, it was like like pre written. So uh, he's he's reading off um, you know piece of paper on a on a lectern basically, um, and he just he gets into this cadence where he starts like kind of reading sort of intensely in Korean, and then just sort of builds up to sort of yelling the the the, the punchline, yelling like like the end of the sentence. Um, yeah, and then he just does that over and over. Uh, it's just just this this kind of this uh, almost this this like the same sort of cadence over over and over, basically leading up to this rah mm. at the end. Yeah, I think this is one of the confusing things about this notion of charisma. Yeah, because you have these <laughs> charismatic leaders like like Hitler is a good example, and and people often talk about Donald Trump's charisma, right? Mm. And yeah, depending on 
who you are and your sensibilities and the situation, it's like the opposite of charismatic. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, it's somehow yeah. I thought I don't really understand it. I I, I, I don't understand it at all. I kind of feel part of it feels a little bit like you know, uh, just having the the kind of balls to stand up and say the the things that yeah. charismatic or, or or cult leaders say it's 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 almost like just saying it and people standing there and listening means that it has to be like it has some authority yeah. just because mm, they're yeah. doing it like it's a it's a yeah. it is a weird dynamic and but um, let let's let people hear what it sounds like yeah um, so that's I, not spoiler mm. for them in yeah. most of the clips moving forward, I have like a little bit of moon and then mainly the translator, but uh, this okay. is how it, it goes. Okay, that was the so the I, I cut off the translator, so I'll play the, the second <laughs> clip that, that does that. But um but yeah, that, that that was actually moon delivering like in a more dramatic way than it usually does. But uh here we yeah. go. Um that this this clip also gets into the American exceptionalism, um, but it gives mm. you a better sense of the translator. <laughs> The people of America have come from every corner of the world. To be an American does not depend upon what race you are, what belief you have, or what cultural background you are from. It is only in this nation that no matter where you come from, you can proudly say, this is my country. That is America. Mm. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> mm. I, yes. Like, so it's, it's, it's challenging for, for somebody to be, to be charismatic and convincing in a different language. Um, so, but I guess, I think Chris, you're right in that a lot of it does come down to confidence. Yeah. Projecting, mm. projecting total, absolute confidence is perhaps the most important thing. But the question I've got for you, Elgin is, um, like to what extent would a speech like this be convincing to people or are they literally preaching to the converted? They're, they're mostly preaching they're mostly preaching to the converted as well as some people who have been convinced to to attend by the converted mm-hmm. um so most of the people at the at these events will yeah they'll, they'll be the guest of a convert effectively and if you're if you're a moonie and they're having one of these events then it's your job to go out and bring x number of people to this event um, mm. and then the hope is that it will s- somehow convert people uh, or in, in theory that sort of sort that's what the moonies will say like oh p- if enough people see this then they'll be convinced and then they'll they'll come join us but 
honestly, that's, that is not a, a recruitment avenue that works for them at all. I never met a single, a single Mooney who joined after attending one of these events. Um, so it was really about mm. the, the theatrics for internal purposes um, to, to create that illusion of, of acceptance um, for, for the existing members. Um, but it was not an actual, um, you know, recruitment, uh, recruitment method at all. The recruitment methods were always sort of what I described before, you know, starting, starting with the love bombing, going into some, you know, three, seven, sometimes 21 day workshop and, you know, sort of slow, slow dripping the, the theology till you get to the point that, oh, by the way, moon is the Messiah. Um, so they're, they're, they're two kind of completely different tracks. And so I think he's kind of, he's preaching to mostly the converted, uh, and what the, the, the aim that he's going for is for the converted to see the non-converted, at least not totally rejecting moon, uh, and maybe even like kind of clapping along when there are some, some, some pauses for applause. Um, ultimately that's what he's going for is, is, is giving himself that that little bit extra, extra legitimacy with his constituents so that yeah. they think they're being successful and they'll they'll keep following him keep giving him the money etc mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't seem like because the the tried and tested way for like rock singers and anyone is like hello wisconsin right and the <laughs> yay so like in this it does feel like it's pretty easy Especially, you know, it's helpful if you're speaking to an audience of members of your church. But even if not, like just saying, God bless America in America, I feel like that's going to get um, a response. And uh, yeah, like here's another clip with the um, kind of American rah-rah-ness in it. No, God will is to save the world. And to do this, America must lead the way. This is why I came to America. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh, yeah, that, that that through line of American exceptionalism just like is rampant in the in the Unification Church. Um, Which is yeah, a big deal odd. Because, like, on the other side of it, there is, like, a very Korean flavor to things. And there's a hierarchy with all Koreans at the top. Yeah, it's... it's really weird. It's 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 weird. It's it's this, yeah, Koreans definitely occupy the top of the of the hierarchy internally. Um, but they have this concept that America is the, the chosen nation. America is the sort of, even though Korea, Korea is important, like, maybe more important than America, but America is sort of the avenue, the the most important nation in the world. It's the, it, it, it's just the second Israel. It's like, the, it's like the second. Yeah. The second Israel. Thank you. Uh, it's the, the focus of God's providence effectively is, is America. Uh, that's how moon pitched it. Um, my personal belief is moon saw the business opportunity in America. Uh, and he also saw the, the um, fertile grounds for extremism in America. Uh, mm. And that's what one of the reasons that led to his pivot from Korea into America was he just kind of sensed the, the market opportunity for what he was selling. Um, mm. And then he built his whole theology up to be like, America is 
the second Israel, it's this, that, and the other. All of our attention has to be focused here. Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense to compensate for the inherent disadvantage of being, um, you know, foreigners, basically. Mm. Um, yeah. That, that's going to make your job more difficult. So um, counterbalancing that with, uh, as you say, the American exceptionalism um, and, and really, you know, speaking to those messages that Americans love, which is that, you know, you know, the future is America. Only in America can, can people from all different places come together and make something absolutely special happen. That's yeah. why I'm here. Like it, yeah, it's it's a nice explanation and um, it fits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it also kind of dovetails with his sort of long term um, courting of the right wing and the Republican Party in in the U.S. Sort of aligning with those those values was strategically important to him for a lot of reasons and and coming out here and doing this speech i th- i think i think that's another benefit to him was you know being able to then go to the various people that he's trying to court on, on the right wing and saying hey look i'm doing this you know god bless america tour and and they know it aligns with this through line of of american exceptionalism yeah so yeah. speaking about the the you know appealing to uh like Republican or conservative sentiments um, about, you know, the depravity of, of modern society, although this was in the 70s. But um, yeah. they, there's a clip which, which was very reminiscent of Trump. Oh, uh, sorry, I pressed it too early. I'll start it again. Today, however, the world has lost faith in America and New York has become a jungle of immorality and depravity. God has been forgotten in this country. And if forgotten, God can only live America. Now is the very moment that this is taking place. Hmm. So jungle of depravity. It, it, it's similar to like kind of Trump's inauguration speech, right? The, the decay mm. of the urban... Uh, like the, I can't remember what he described, but like you know, American cities as as like a depraved war zone that that need to be restored. Yeah. So this kind of imagery yeah. is, I think, common. Like it's not just Trump that uses it or Moon. It's it's basically anybody that wants to yeah. uh, present themselves as a reforming force for society. But it's mm. it's that weird like dual message of. This is the pro- promised land, and this is the greatest place in the world. And also, it's a hellhole of depravity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they 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 hold both of those at the same time in their heads. Yeah, yeah. And we uh, and there's bet, also. Uh, sorry, I Matt. bet there's no attempt to to reconcile those two <laughs> different views. Yeah, of America. There's, there's a there's only one reconciliation, and it's through the. Following the correct teaching map, but the uh, <laughs> you also get the anti-communist stuff hit like pretty yeah. clearly. They brought yeah. about a new nation here in America, which is now at the threshold of her third century. In a similar way, today people are fleeing from the communist world of slavery. To the free world. United, the free world must liberate the enslaved communist world. This time, 
our task is build one world under God. Mm. Yeah, look, in, in terms of style and delivery, it reminds me more of, um, yeah, like the, the Hitler speeches. Um, to his yeah, that actually, it really mm. does. It really does. Um, it, it absolutely brings back, brings back Hitler vibes. There's, a, yeah, there's a, yeah. a speech towards the end, Matt, that I think is a good example of that. Like you can, if you just imagine, you know, instead of, kingdom of god like just you know third right yeah or the, the, yeah thousand the, year right like it, yeah, not exactly that big a difference. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah it's the same kind of utopian in the name of god let us unite and together build the kingdom of god right here on earth Thank you. So when I think about speeches like this, it makes me think about social psychology and the way in which um, like literally um, certain chemicals in, in our brains are like designed for um, this kind of group cohesion, mm. um, um, you know, uh, group loyalty, you know, seeing a very clear distinction between between your group and others um and and the kind of buzz that it gives people to yeah. feel part of that group and you know there's good evolutionary reasons for us to be primed like that otherwise we'd be like freaking cats you know what i mean like just mm. <laughs> doing our own thing and, and and not cooperating not organizing um and um and not being effective and yeah, when you when you hear this kind of thing, it may it, it almost feels like the the person running it is is like got their their, their finger on the little on the little um, neurotransmitter levers there. Yeah, uh, um, giving people that feeling. Yeah, and so what what are those chemicals that you're referring to? Oh, it's it's, it's 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 it, actually it's interesting. It's it's the love it's the love drug. So what's um it's very early in the morning. What's it called? Oxytocin. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so interesting parallel there with the with the love bombing you talked about. Yeah. Right. So you're saying it's the same chemical, the, mm. the same chemical that you would that you would receive in a, in a love bombing situation is 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 the one that's activated when you when you listen to shit like this. Yeah, that's right. And and Holy the shit. and so the the sort of feel good type neurotransmitters which which we you know will, will sort of get sparked by something like MDMA mm. right which which um they they also have a dark side to them which is that they and this has been shown experimentally they they actually increase people's perceptions of in group out group membership oh, right okay. so so you you feel that kind of deep connection with someone who's sort of in the circle, yeah. or, you know, a family member, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever. Um, but when they do experiments, they can actually show that it actually in, it sort of enhances that 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 um, sort of differential perception of people who are not in the circle. So interesting. It's, it, okay. it's thought wow. it's thought to be important for um, essentially, you know, in enhancing um, you know in group 
um, you know, um, harmony and cooperation and, yeah. you know, single purpose. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So the, the, after Matt's demonstrating of why he's a good psychologist um, and, and, and a good drug user, we, um, we, <laughs> the, the last clip of the. I like to know what I'm one. eating. <laughs> the, or eating, yeah, you know, just holding hands, playing in forest. The um, the the last clip from this first video is it, it really a precursor to what we'll go into because I I think it's just a nice illustration that like as you heard in those clips, a lot of the, that's been emphasized is like American jingoism or references to like a kingdom of God and and so on, but. There isn't so much saying, you know, and Reverend Moon is the Messiah. Instead, yeah. you get like uh, descriptions like this. America must return to the true founding spirit of the nation. America must return to Godism and absolutely God centered ideology. I just, I just, so, uh, Godism. <laughs> so here's, here's, this is one of those moments where no, no outsider knows what that means, but mm. the insiders have been told to mean that Godism is kind of another name for Reverend Moon's theology, that he's the Messiah. Um, and therefore other people sort of clapping when they hear, oh, we're going to have a world full of Godism. That's them agreeing. Hey, look, this guy's the Messiah. Uh, so everyone in that stadium, that's the moment where, you know, the fast one was pulled on them it, 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 right then. Yeah. Yeah, that- yeah. Oh, no, no. We're not talking about being really, really Christian in general. Uh, actually, we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 It's a, it, it does feel like a very clear bit and switch because when I heard it, it's like, so why don't we all pray for God? And it's like, there's. There's no issue there for Christians to like, you know, say, yay, God, but like Godism yeah. sounds yeah. weird. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. But it's not quite weird enough to, to prompt, um, you, you know, to, yeah, yeah, to prompt you to, to not, not clap at that moment. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah, kind can- of like. They could put it down to just, um, you know, second language type or translation yeah. differences. Actually, it exactly. reminds me of like, who, who's that, who's that comic who, who does the, um, Bar- um, Baron, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So he'll, he'll often do similar tricks, right? Like, so, yeah. so here, you know, acting as the foreigner or the some naive silly person, yeah. he'll say something completely outrageous and the whole, he'll get a whole cl- crowd or a big, group of people to to clap and agree with him yep, but yeah he's play he's doing that similar trick actually which is yep. um they're putting it down to oh he must mean this he or this is this is just yeah. <laughs> it's okay it's okay it's it's absolutely the same thing it's absolutely the same thing that that's the trick that's being played here wow so so the next uh thing we skipped forward to 2001 but again in this like weird I don't know. Elo 2001 is a lot longer back than I remember, or the production values on this video are just like <laughs> oh, they're bad. They're really yeah. bad. They're hilarious. Um, it's 
it, it, it feels like it's a 1990s or like 80s yeah. video. So they, they're always like 20 years backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just before you play this this clip, um, it's I don't know. It's possible I was in the room when this was recorded. Um mm. And the the reason the reason I don't know is because I, I went to so many of these things when I was mm. when I was young and in 2001 I still would have been living in the DC area near my folks who were still going to some of these events and every now and then they would like they would invite me to go and I'd be like all right fine fuck it I'll I'll, I'll go um so and yeah so as soon I saw the clip and I was like maybe I was there or maybe I was at one of a hundred other events that were pretty much identical. Um, so yeah. yeah. So you mentioned at the start, Elgin, that they, they list a lot of organizations that helped to organize it with fairly innocuous names, but these are all, uh, Mooney front organizations. And, and then you, after you have that, you have this part where there's an introduction as there was in the other material with, uh, people who are, I think, invited guests, um, not the, not the actual members of the church. And they give a, yep. a, a kind of uh, like, you know, uni- ecumenical message about like the unification of, of Christians. And uh, yep. this, this is an example of that. And I'm yep. so pleased to stand with you of every race and every creed and every color on this planet, of every high religion on this planet, to say that we stand together to rebuild the family, to restore our communities, and to save the nation and the world. We thank God for each of you. We thank God for the Reverend Sun Young Moon. And we thank God for the opportunity that we have. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with that. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's just it's very innocent, right? Uh, it, it, you have no idea what's coming next after <laughs> when you when you when you listen to that. Um, uh, and just for for context here, the guy who um, the guy who just heard speaking uh, is is a is a, a guy named uh, Reverend Walter Fontroy, um, who was a civil rights activist. Uh, he marched with with um, with Martin Luther King in the '60s. Um, and later on became, you know, like a reasonably respected um, pastor uh, and then does, did a bunch of stuff with the Moonies in like the, the 90s and the early 2000s. I think I, if you Google him now, I think he's he's been involved in some kind of dodgy stuff. I don't know exactly what's happening happened there, but certainly at the time he was he was a, a pretty well respected figure in the in the sort of religious community. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're opening with good. um Good messages there. I mean, everyone kind of probably would like, in an abstract way, for for to be more connected with their community, for, yeah. for families to be stronger. To be, you know, yes. Uh, yeah, and the, the, yeah, it's it's all the, it's all this abstract stuff. This they, they they lure you in with these these abstractions that are sort of impossible to criticize, in it, just because they are so abstract. And then once you're in, then they start hitting you with the really crazy stuff. Yeah. And so it, it opens up with a kind of, um, an exhaustion about the importance of having children and, and families, right. And how this is a sacred 
Judy. But after after like you know a briefing saying you know what's the what's the meaning of life and what's the important thing for people to do and it's like have children, be a family. It very quickly pivots to uh, like this. Let me prove it a little bit further. For particularly when we examine women's body organs, think about these beautiful twin peaks here and the well-developed cushion-like hips. Are they there for the sake of her or for the children? For the children, I don't know. Is that true? You answer clear. Yeah, so just so people know what's happening there, because there's a lot happening there. Okay, so when that clip opened, you're actually hearing the translator speaking. Uh, and on the video, he's actually cupping his his chest when he talks about Lady Lumps or whatever he's whatever whatever he says. So he like touches his chest, he touches his butt, um, and then you know he basically says they're they're here for these are here for the men is basically what he's saying, uh, and then. What you're hearing at the end of the clip is is Moon, you know, just getting involved in in English, like going going off the speech and just going for it, um, going off the written speech and just going for it, and you know, trying to trying to punctuate the point, basically. So yeah, that that's that's Moon kind of jumping in with the yelling yeah. at the end. And this English has not got that much better in the twenty <laughs> no, <odd> years. No. <laughs> since like, but but there's like a there's a real focus on like the you know the the bodily organs and the kind of like the yeah. biological functions of of womanhood and here's a another illustration what about your unique experience a monthly experience every month it comes without any failure with with a little bit of pain that experience also the experience of Morning sickness. Are they there for your own sake, uncomfortable experience, or for your children? Yeah, so talking about periods and morning sickness, it's a it's a weird opener for um, <laughs> a, a, like a message about you know, the unification of the, all religions. Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. So and, the, and, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, the logic there is not strong. <coughs> there, there are secondary sexual <laughs> physical differences. Therefore, <laughs> you you exist for the, <laughs> for the purposes of men. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe, is, maybe to have children yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah. In this case, though, I think the framing is like, it it does it's going to shift very soon to like it, you exist for for husbands and for men but at this point it's it's m- more emphasizing towards children like childbearing yeah. that's what you're yeah. you're yeah. for yeah. <laughs> yeah and well and this is the thing this is these these, these are the these are the two aspects that he's basically drilling into right now is is if you're if you're if you're a woman your purpose is for having children or your purpose is to serve your husband. Uh, but that, yeah. those are like, the, those are the two pillars that this pe- this speech pretty much stands on. And we just covered the first and I think we're going to cover, cover the second in a second. Yeah. And serving your husband, like it, it, it can be taken quite literally as well. What about the yeah. very organ, which makes you as a woman, wife, 
Is that organ just strictly belonging to you or is it there for your husband? So, so just to, just to be clear in case people miss that, he, he talked about the organ that makes you a woman, which presumably he's talking about the woman, the vagina. And then he's like, is that, so is that for you <laughs> or, or is that for your husband? And I, I'm kind of like, I am thinking if I was a woman in the audience, my reaction, you know, like if I was in an audience and a, a preacher was saying to me, like, so your manly organ, your penis, does that exist for you? Yeah. Is that just for you? Is that your organ? <laughs> like, that. Like, it was so weird being in those rooms as as a kid. I mean, I, so I heard I, I heard that speech or a a carbon copy of that speech, you know, many times. I was I was in the room, probably from you know, I don't know, seven eight years old, hearing these hearing these things. And you, if you look at this tape, you can see it. it they they cut to to a shot of the audience when he's talking about this, and you can see a family with with a couple girls, uh, and they look like they're maybe like between nine and twelve years old, and they just they look so uncomfortable in that situation uh, for for obvious reasons, and I I I just I want to. I want to make the point here that um, this it like this sentiment of like your body doesn't belong to you; it belongs to uh, the the spouse that that God will ordain for you. Um, that's like that's one of like the core pillars of this theology, uh, and and that has devastating consequences for for people who who grow up in it. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. leads to a lot of difficulties in relationships later on. Um, uh, it's particularly worse for, as far as I know, I think it's worse for women than it is for men. But um, that that having that drilled into you can really fuck with your sex life, um, and it leads to it. It has also led to you know, people on my show have told me that particularly women have you know just not felt comfortable setting any boundaries with men uh, and have been taken advantage of as a result um, because they've been brainwashed with this shit from such a young age. So I, I look right. at that video and I see those girls and I feel so bad for them. Yeah. I can well imagine. It's... And I, the, so there's, there's times when it's presented euphemistically. I mean, it's, it's not exactly a, a very subtle metaphor, but like, for example, mm-hmm. here's talk about the special key. That's not right. <laughs> if that is the thing, your organ must be opened by a special key that you create, then what do you think? Do you think we should have only one key, one and only absolute, unique, unchanging key for your husband to use? Or you should have a couple of spill keys and give them to some, some other people so they can sometimes beat it. Oh, oh, oh. So, this, so, there's um there's, there's some fucked up things about the metaphor. Like I I have to point out that like so <laughs> I get the your or, the woman organ and the key right. I I think I can work out what okay. the implication is there. But the part that that doesn't work for is he's talking about the women making the the key yeah. right <laughs> and then giving it to other people so. He's he's like if if it, if we take the key to be a penis, 
it's that he's then suggesting that you you will give penises to other men, which doesn't make sense. And then the yeah. other thing is <laughs> saying like, do you want a, a, a like a box with only one key that can open it, or a door with only one key? And it's like no, because if you lose that key. You know, the logic of the metaphor was causing me troubles because I was like, I lose my keys all the time. So (laughs) I don't think that's the point, but I just want to say it's not, it doesn't work on so many levels. (laughs) No, Um, but but yeah, this, this, this like utter fixation with genitalia is just like, it's, it's rife. Like the, the whole key in the lock, like that's just one of, hundreds of of analogies that were that were used for these things in these speeches like you know year in year out yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it's not it's, always it it, it it often seems to be the case i mean this is an extreme example but it's often the case that that extremely like sexually repressed you know restrictive controlling sexual mores or you know cults or, or just cultures religions whatever um it seems to result in just weird, icky, strange, um, yeah, um, p- perverted for want of a better word, mm. um, um, behavior. I mean, you know, just look at, um, you know, English, um, you know, Tory members of parliament, MPs. you know, and they just, just look at them. Fa- <laughs> <laughs> First of all, look at them, then, then, then read the news stories. I mean, like, <laughs> it's just. It's uh, anyway, so it's just just pointing out. It's this seems this is an extreme version of something that is pretty common. Sadly, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's you see it in other places for sure, but this is yeah, certainly extreme. So there's there's two clips I want to play here that are linked. So if those were you know euphemistic references to the the key masters and the gatekeepers or whatever the case may be, <laughs> the, this is less. Euphemistic. So there's two of them. This is the first one. If you receive the seed of life through your husband from God directly and raise these children to become the God's children, think about it. How precious, how valuable service you offer to God. How many wives can, I mean, do recognize this value? So that's the value of receiving the seed of God, right? And just yeah. in case you, you, yes. you aren't sure... What's, it, what's he referring to? Think about the value of a newborn child of yours. In order to have this seed of life get gets germinated out of probably 350 million sperm, just one, the strongest one makes it, and make a union with your own egg, then that becomes your descendant. Think about it, how valuable and precious. Yeah, so, so just in case you missed it. So in that regard... <laughs> The wives are in the position of receiving the most valuable treasure in your life. Pianist. Ah, I, I, I've stopped it. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to continue, but the oh, most valuable God, treasure, the one in 350 million sperm that enter the egg. That's the... You, you got it, Matt. That's yeah. what the key. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I get it. I'm picking up the, the message. So the, the bit about it that's common to, you know, Christian and other religious sort of doctrine is that, you know, you know, very important role of having children, right? That's, that's not an unusual thing. 
um, it's unusual to go into such explicit detail and to focus so yeah. much mm-hmm. on the biological details of it in a in this kind of sermon. Mm-hmm. That that bit is is odd. There was yeah, a I, and yeah. It, sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, it's just a very short uh, aside that's probably stupid, but my uh, it does remind me in a much lesser version that I was at a friend's wedding and the priest gave a sermon that talked about the different varieties of love. This was like a you know a Catholic wedding, and he started talking about like eros and you know the dif- different types, but he 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 focused on erotic love as well and i could see everyone in the church like kind of being like don't don't dwell on this and that was just somebody mentioning the concept of erotic love um and and that was like beyond the pale so i can only imagine if he'd said you know think about the sperm think about (laughs) like i went to my uh, even though my family is like from a catholic background they sent me for a few years in high school to an anglican religious school high school just because the 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 public school in the area i would have got knifed um so we had to we had to go along to the the school sort of church services yeah so and so i got this exposure and i'm just it was just making me laugh thinking about it in one of those services if that started talking about sperm and the special key like like to, people people would have just evaporated in a puff of smoke like yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah and then imagine me like listening to this like every week pretty much uh just in all kinds of context and not just me but th- you know thousands of other kids as well like like this was our this was our bread and butter was listening listening to this shit yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know it ties in so the like the there's that focus on the biological, you know, function for uh, women to have children, but the, he, yeah. they have this also. They talk about like it, how it's the duty for the woman to raise the baby and and the child, but then mm. they there's this pivot um, where the the man is supposed to take over, even though baby makes mm. the bed dirty and the blanket dirty, all those the mothers don't mind. They go after cleaning and all this. By doing so, they receive blessing. But so they have to realize the preciousness of this new life. Who will become the servant? Who will become a servant of God? The children, child of God. That kind of value should be realized. But by the time the child grows up to like five, uh, eight, five, six, and go to the kindergarten or school like that, then the responsibility of husband comes into play there. Husband, son. Mm. So, so like baby duties, that's all women. But like five or six is when the man takes over. Is that like that, common? That, I think that's that's what he's getting at. That wasn't something that I really remember being expressed to me. Um, it probably won't come as a shock to you that uh, doctrine changed quite a lot uh, over time. But uh, that was never expressed to me in uh, when I was growing up. But it doesn't it's surprise a, me at all. You know, like a lot of it is misogynistic kind of perspectives, right? Uh, or at least yeah, patriarchal. Absolutely. And um, like this, this sounds familiar. That wives usually wake up in the morning and spend at least two hours sitting in front of the mirror and put all kind of makeups on their face. For what? For your own sake to look at your face all day long through the mirror? No. You want to present yourself in a more 
formidable, poor, beautiful way to your husband so that your husband can have a good day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt, you know, your wife, she gets up, <laughs> takes two hours in front of the mirror to, to make you just have a, you know, look look nice for you so you can go out with a smile on your face it's yeah. it's so true uh, yeah. this is this is just this is just a description of married life i don't, I don't know <laughs> what, why are you guys laughing this is it. Uh, you know i mean so i was married in the church to another mooney ex-mooney she she never did that for the record. It's not like I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was gonna I was gonna ask that because I was curious as to how much of this you know actually you know turned into reality for people who were who were yeah. So you know what's what's interesting is I, I was thinking about this and especially uh, in the context of um of Trump and some of the other crazies that are out there like um. You know, so Moon would would um, say all this crazy shit, and there, I remember sometimes like asking my parents or or, or church members, being like, "Wasn't that really weird?" Um, like the, I mentioned this on the um, QAA show, but like there was one time when he gave he gave the direction that that parents should have sex in front of their kids. Um, now, thankfully, I never witnessed that. Um, so there, there was some like ability of for for you know people to use their own discretion when when doing when you know when listening to his his words, but it led to these conversations where I talked to my mom and dad and be like, wasn't that really crazy? Could like what what the hell was that? Um, and then they're like, oh, you it's, you don't need to. It's not about the specifics of what he's saying. It's about the heart that's behind it. Um, and and I feel like that is quite common when you know people talk about trump they're like oh he didn't really mean he didn't really mean that thing about this group of people yeah. or he didn't mean that thing about the wall or this that or the other they they sort of they they do these mental gymnastics to make these mm. these really really awful things okay mm. in their minds yeah yeah just as a mm, as a as a cognitive strategy that flip-flopping between the, the concrete and the abstract um, in a kind of a Martin Bailey type scenario is very helpful, you know, and it, it parallels what you mentioned before, which is that, you know, Godism is kind of, you know, just, just being religious, but also uh, in an abstract way, but also very, in a very concrete way, mm. specifically about um, following Sun Yung Moon. So, you know, uh, that is just a, a nice dodge because you can, you can have your cake in it too. You can you can have yeah. the more the more literal, concrete, and usually more extreme interpretation if that works for you. You know, same goes for conspiracy mm. theories. You know, um, uh, or you can if that doesn't quite work for you, if that if that's tri- uh, triggering some alarm bells, you can sort of fall back to a, a more vague, wishy washy, abstract heart type one. In, in yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We saw that all the time. Yeah, and I think it's you know it exists in a um, maybe less extreme form in in general religion about people switching between what is advice and what is metaphor and what is you know the yeah. the church's yeah. teaching. Like I can remember m- m- members of my family saying, you know, well the church says something about homosexuals, but you know, like the church hasn't always been right, which is not the theological. <laughs> <laughs> like position of the church but um 
so the uh but in in terms of that the like social conservatism and um, because of the divine purpose of reproduction you get this kind of disparaging of anything outside of a you know an ordained marriage which you talked about yeah. like on the last episode elgin those only those homosexuals lesbians or even those who go after free sex life these are the ones who will have it but god doesn't want those people if they practice that kind of unprincipled life they are less than animal I can tell you. Sorry, I'm not sure why I left that last bit in. <laughs> yeah, less. <laughs> okay, less. But, but just than so, animals. just so people, uh, yeah, less than animals. That that last word got clipped a little bit. Less than animals was. Yeah, uh, and then, I mean, he also repeats this message quite clearly. Um, later so here's here's okay. this just in case people miss that when we understand this kind of value and providential significance how can we even think about becoming an alcoholic become a drug addict become a free sex people become a homosexual or lesbian whatsoever they are that's the trick yeah so the uh, I, I don't, it, it's not subtle <laughs> no it's not it's not subtle at all um and and yeah imagine you came you came in thinking this is like this kind of kind of kumbaya peace and peace and love we will stand together uh and then this is uh, this is a sort of vitriol that's being spewed forth um it's yeah it's just pretty it's it's a pretty severe switch and and you can see it if you look in the video um you can actually you can see the look on people's faces some some people in the audience the people who aren't church members they just have this sort of like what the fuck look on their on their face <laughs> yeah. so there i mean i think that comes as well because you have those like those kind of direct statements um, and that, you know, I think it's that uncommon in evangelical communities or whatever that you would hear about, like, you know, uh, homosexuals or lesbians or other, you know, free love lifestyles being presented as like sinful. But maybe they wouldn't yeah. have said trash <laughs> or yeah. um, but the uh, you then have these. Uh, I mean, you talked about it, Elgin, that it might be a translation issue, but they really like using the word absolute because they <laughs> um, they talk about and, absolute fidelity. Um, yeah, they love this this concept of absolute. But I can, before you play that clip, I just want to go back to that uh, the comparison to, to other uh, Christian denominations. Um, I do. I think one important distinction, and I, I, I could be wrong here, but I sort of, I feel like most christian denominations that aren't supportive of homosexuality they have this kind of like well we don't love it but ideally we'd like to sort of like one day maybe get those get those guys back into the fold with us uh and and that that leads to like conversion therapy and all this all this other shit which is which is still evil but it, I, I contrast that to the um 
the Mooney view, which is like these people are trash. These people are 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 are, are worse mm-hmm. than animals. Like we do not want them as part of society. We're not looking to, to bring them back. We're not looking to. There's like we we want them gone basically. So there, in my view, there is a pretty clear distinction. This is a more more hateful hateful yeah. version of 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 that. I think I think you're right mm-hmm. that there's probably you know there probably are various denominations where the anti um like gay or lesbian or trans message is like much stronger but um but it, in the in mainstream traditions it probably is more you know hit the sin and love the sinner kind of mission yeah or, or message yeah yeah whereas this is like um, is like hate hate the sin hate the sinner basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more you know simple, easy to remember. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so the 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 absolute um, fidelity thing sounds like this. We are talking about absolute fidelity here. If anybody, any husband, any wife deviates from this God-given principle, every man they are bound to hell. Hmm. So the you know again that's not a message that is that out of step with a lot of Christian doctrine right mm-hmm. about you know the sanctity of marriage and th- that you shouldn't get divorced or you you should uh, like pledge until your dying day to one person and also not have sex before marriage so um mm-hmm. it's so in the, I think this is a little bit the bait and switch thing because there are elements that just sound like um related to you know not maybe not maybe like a relatively hardcore interpretation of mainstream christian doctrine but when you these are tied in for example as you talked about elgin about people asking people to make a pledge so so Mm -hmm. there's this part where that concept is related later in the talk you have been like the thieves and robbers in the past but from this point on will you go against this kind of heavenly principle can you you can you make sure promise that you will keep absolute fidelity. Hmm. This so, is asking so Elgin, everyone what, to signal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what are your thoughts, Elgin? In what ways does does the notion of absolute fidelity differ from your typical Christian? I don't, to be honest, I, I don't think it's that much different. It's it the the concept is the same, you know, no, no sex before marriage, you get married once and you only have sex with that person. Um, that's kind of the deal that, that, mm-hmm. that they're going for. Um, they're, they're probably a little more extreme in their uh, complete <laughs> certainty in their belief that you will go to hell uh, if you deviate from that at all. But the core, the core belief set is probably pretty similar, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have the the message that you know society will collapse if not built on the foundation of the yes of the like divine marriage, right? If there's yeah. any family, any society, any nation just following that kind of physical you know, desire and pleasure and goal, you know, zigzag way deviation, type of deviation, that kind of family, society, nation will eventually perish. <laughs> Yeah, this was a this was a super common tactic that they used all the time. They'd be like, "Look, look at this thing that we're talking about about the family," and then they'd be like, "Oh, but then you th- but then we can just like extrapolate that to like 
the 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 tribe, the the, the nation, the the world. Uh, and then they they kept like the concentric circles kept getting bigger. They 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 applied it to like the universe and the cosmos basically. So they 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 claim to claim to reach some sort of truth about some small unit, and then try to you know use use that to to claim that it's gonna it's gonna impact all these other these other things. In this case, you know the world is gonna implode. I have a clip that that illustrates that connection quite nicely. Okay. If you do that with your family together, then you will become the master of your family. Your family will become the owner, the center of your nation. And your nation will become the center nation of the world. And eventually we will be able to build the kingdom of God on earth. <laughs> There's a lot of jumps there. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot yeah there's yeah there's a lot of jumps there and it kind of it sort of reminds me of the um that american exceptionalism that we were talking about in the beginning so it's like if you it's almost... okay so so yeah so that goes back to this idea of mooney exceptionalism which ties into american exceptionalism so they had this idea that like you know if you created a perfect mooney family then by doing so, you would then create this perfect Mooney community, which would then become a perfect nation, which would then become a perfect world. But it was all built on the sort of the 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 inherent sort of exceptional exceptional nature of you as as a Mooney, uh, and that would be sort of like the building block of of mm. bringing peace to the world effectively. Mm. Well, mm. I know it's bad form to compare things to the Nazis, but I have to do it because mm. they 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 also put huge emphasis on the family, right? And these traditional roles that you had to take within the family, and they drew a connect a direct line between between those those family units and you know one Volk, you know the 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 the, the that that the whole broader social unity as well. And you can look at the kind of uh, Nazi propaganda from the time and it is full of, you know, like you'll see pictures of like, so, you know, women breastfeeding and stuff like that with the little traditional thing and whatever. Like it was like, you cannot overstate how central those ideas were. So, mm. you know, it's worth mentioning. But I, it is I worth think mentioning. Can, it is worth mentioning. You can... You can also see it, you know, to a certain extent in like the content of people like Jordan Peterson as well, right? The, this mm. kind of focus on the family and traditional marriage and like the importance of that for society. It's a, it's a socially conservative like message mm. in general, mm. right? And the, yeah, yeah, there are varieties of it that are less toxic, but I, but I think mm -hmm. there's a good illustration that like why it is why that kind of message can be, uh, you know, concerning for people and feel like mm. it's exclusionary because it, it, it is. <laughs> yeah, um, it absolutely is. Well, not just exclusionary, but, but, but controlling, right? Like yeah. this is that how you well. have to live. This mm. is the only yeah. way to live. Divorce is not okay. Like, yeah. you know, having yeah, non -traditional, multiple non-traditional, Non-traditional gender roles, absolutely not okay. Everyone needs to do their pre-specified role not just not just for yourselves and your family um but for the the broader unified community and you know you're talking and about god. exceptionalism and god and god as well and elgin was talking about 
exceptionalism before about how the Muni saw them exceptional as exceptional. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, far right groups tend to see themselves as, mm. as exceptionally special as well. But mm-hmm. anyway, this mm-hmm. so there's similarities. there's one before we pivot to the like final point, which is I I think fittingly the reveal that the Reverend Moon mm. is the Messiah. Just before it, there's one technique that Elgin you you highlighted in the content, and I wanted to mention to people, which was like throughout it. There's a couple of times in these speeches where they ask the audience to participate, right? Like to mm. to do something to show their commitment to the ideal. And as you said, this probably has two uh, audiences, right? Like in mind, one is that the people just present are kind of responding to a speaker, asking them, you know slightly weird but fairly anodyne like show your faith moments whereas Mm. for the church members it might be seen as that they're agreeing to what you know the broader agenda of reverend moon is and and here's an example of one of them those who make a mind this evening after you heard this message from me you will no matter what happens from this point on you will absolutely make sure that there'll be no more spare key using whatsoever in your life and your family life. Show your hands to God. So you get people to raise their hands and then yep. afterwards there's a there's a quick aside which which could be a joke, but also if anybody didn't show your hands, we should have taken pictures. Yeah. Hmm. So they, that that is very telling, very telling. So if you're a Mooney and you don't have your hand raised, you don't want to be in that photo because mm-hmm. that's going to be used to berate you, to abuse you, to question your faith. Could be even used to tell you that you need to give more more money or time to the organization. It could lead to your, your kids being sort of looked down upon and maybe shunned by, by others. Like being in a position of, of not showing absolute faith. And it could be as simple as like not being the one who's raising your hand in that moment when they take that photo. Um, that's a, v- a very, very tenuous position to be in as, as a mini. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's interesting because like from the outside, it just sounds like an offhand joke, right. You know, about yeah. like, Oh, all all wives look at if your husband didn't put his hand up, you know, maybe you should be worried, right? Like a kind of joke. So when you mentioned that in the email, it it didn't read like that to me, which is probably, you know, yeah, well, it's it's a yeah by design, it's a double (laughs) meaning, right? Uh, to 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 you, it seems like a like a a harmless joke, a bad joke, yeah, (laughs) a bad yeah, thank you, a bad joke. Uh, but to others, it's a it's an ominous threat. And, and, and that's how I, that's how I read it as soon as I saw it. Oh, <laughs> I think my recording. Think, just, sorry, you froze like, there. I froze, but I'm back. But I, but I will have, re- okay. it should have recorded on your side. Um. So did you finish just before I pivot to the I th- Messiah? I thing? think so. Okay, it should it so. should be on your side, <laughs> just not not mine. Um, okay. So the the last point then is the the reveal that the you know that Moon is the Messiah, but the, but again, I I really almost missed this in the hmm. the content. <laughs> so here here's like the the mess the mention of that as far as I could tell. So by sending his begotten son, beloved son Messiah, he wants to restore this lost 
Love life energy back. Yeah. So the the like to a Christian. Yeah, that sounds like um <laughs> sending the Messiah Jesus, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's that's exactly how you probably would would think of it if you were a Christian. But if you're a Mooney, you're like, oh, they're they're talking about Moon. Um, and yeah, notice how they didn't they didn't mention second coming. They just mentioned, you know, the Savior. Uh, so they're ambiguous about which Savior, Savior, the first or the second. Uh, if you're a Christian, you're thinking it's the first. If you're a Mooney, you're thinking it's the second. And then. The Christians are, you know, clapping in agreement um, or certainly not protesting in, in any way at this sentiment. And then all of a sudden the Moonies are like, oh, my God, they're agreeing. They, they, they're agreeing that he's the second coming. So, yeah, you you identified the, the, the pivotal moment right there. There's mm-hmm. there's an and there's a little bit. There's one more clip. This is the last one where I think it's it's still emphasizing that point. But um, again, it's, it's kind of like hard to read as somebody from the outside. There's nobody even in this room who has true connection with God's love, life, and lady. And your family is not the family of God yet. What that means is, Jesus fulfilled his mission in this world. No, he was going to. But because of the faithlessness of the Israel and the Jewish people there, he had to leave fully. So that's why he said he'll come back again. Need think about the lineage aspect. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, you know, I'm like three generations removed from Catholicism, right? Atheist for a while in my family, but the Catholic in me is like, you know, this is why we had the Council of Nicaea, right? To stamp out this kind of heresy. Right, this is what you get. <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's heretical. Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it's uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, I no, just, no, this, I, this I, video. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, sorry, I'm still here. Yes, yeah, yeah, Chris, you you threw us by disappearing like that. Yeah, but uh, but but yeah, I mean, when you um, have uh, a lack of conformity in Christianity, and people can interpret the 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 scriptures um, in any way they like, and then you have um, you know all kinds of different Protestant churches with their own little flavors and their own particular takes, um, and then you have stuff like um the moonies but you also have stuff like uh the mormons for instance that mm. just that just take um the, the 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 school of thought and and take it in some weird and strange places wherever they mm. want to essentially mm. and there's yeah. there's there's two things i want to mention there about that clip so number one is um he basically he mentions that um effectively that that jesus Jesus was was killed by the by the, the Jews, um, and he he has this sort of it, it, that is the underlying foundation for um, a lot of anti semitism in the in the in the Moonies, uh, and it mm-hmm. sort of culminates with them effectively believing that the Holocaust was a sacrifice that Jews had to make for atone um, for the sin of killing Jesus Christ. Um, that's that's a, a, a 
a, th- a through road within within the Moonies. Uh, they don't talk a lot about it now. I think they've they've kind of like tried to clean up that part of their image, but that was a big yeah. thing back in the day. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention is like is like that's also one of those moments when when he's like, yeah, you know, Jesus Christ didn't didn't fulfill his mission, and then we need to have like a new life, a new life and lineage. Like that, I think that's a moment where a Christian is sort of like, okay, I yeah. guess I don't I don't I don't really know. But the Moonies are like, well, look, they're they're clapping along. They're still here, uh, so that means they agree, and and so so yeah. they've they, they're they're pointing to that as as buy in as well. Yeah, mm. and and then there's a pivot to like a you know a reading of extracts, and then it goes to um, like songs and stuff towards the end, right? Mm-hmm. Like a kind of yeah. celebration. So it 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 is weird, like how how relatively subtle that message is, right? And I, it reminded me of the events that were you, I think you discussed as well on, on QAnon Anonymous with like at the end, somebody coming in and being presented with a crime, right? And announced yeah. as the Messiah. And like the, yeah. the Republican politicians just looked a bit like uh, confused at what was happening, yeah. right? But yeah. that's... It, it, there are lots th- this is actually like a pretty common thing amongst uh new religious movements to basically like arrange some make donations or arrange an event where they can shake hands with like the dalai lama or something like that mm. or get a letter from the pope or and then they'll mm-hmm. they'll t- use it as like okay so we were recognized by those yeah. people and it, it, it does feel like it's very, you know, much like, you know, kind of stand, the, the camera goes off and the person moves and it's like, well, that's it. That's like, they, yeah. they acknowledge me. Then it's a, it's strange that yeah. it works, but it's a really common technique. So I, well, it that must work. Well, yeah. um, another parallel with the gurus is that, that craving for legitimacy. Yeah. That stuff that yeah. you're talking about is, is um, um, really quite thought out tactics in order to, gain the perception of legitimacy so it's it's a weird contradiction because at once they they like the sort of outsider status and that that feeling of being you know the special minority the special people with with who've got privileged access to the message that the normies don't know about but at the same time they're really desperate to 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 get the photos with the handshakes with important politicians or the dalai lama or whatever and we see the exactly the same thing with our secular gurus too yeah. Uh, so you know, rounding off the of final thoughts, um, and and thanks by the way, Elgin, just up front to say like it, it's been a pleasure and it is very valuable. I think of to course. have your insight and to compare. You know, I know this is an unusual episode from what we normally do, but I I think yeah. it is good to have these contrasts. And in terms of like um, parallels, I think the the main thing that struck me was the like the the kind of through line of you know social conservatism and the importance placed on like biological roles and the family mm. the the contrast um that struck me quite strongly with the secular gurus we cover was the relative lack of uh like vocal ability at least in english right the the kind mm. of they are yeah. not like jordan peterson not like eric weinstein uh, no, and, there's nothing suave about him at, at all. Yeah, he he's like an angry middle-aged Korean man yeah. ranting about the you know putting your 
key in the organ. Like it's yeah. it's it's a deeply unsexy um, presentation. <laughs> Not that like Jordan Peterson does it for me, but he he he, 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 he certainly has a you know, a, a greater suaveness to him um, than this. And uh, that's I think that's a good like that's my interesting takeaway is that charisma comes in lots of different forms and a lot yeah. of it can come from the the situations and the groups that are cultivated and again i we might be looking here at content that is once somebody already is the leader of a cult rather than somebody who's in the mm, early yeah. stages of you know creating their persona so maybe he doesn't need to do a lot of the things that we might associate but um but yeah that's that that was the the lack of the lack of obvious charisma was kind of the surprising thing for me um in looking at his content yeah um and and i i think it to me it sort of feels like he almost like he he knows it he knows he doesn't have it and he's just trying to make up for it by by sheer brute force and and it kind of it, it kind of worked for him and, uh, but it, like it, he he made an admission of like like I, i'm never going to be the suave guy but if i just yell loud enough I can I can convert some people and and, and it worked. It's yeah, brute brute force, quasi charisma basically. We'll mm. we'll leave the last uh, last word to you, Elgin. But uh, Matt, what what about you uh, in comparing this content to the gurus or or anything else? Uh, no, I think I've I think I've mentioned most of the parallels. Probably reminds me more. It, like it's a totalizing ideology like most religious cults um and has i think um surprisingly um strong similarities to political uh cults like nazism actually um so yeah look i <laughs> i didn't i didn't think my the impression that i had of cults like uh <laughs> the moonies or scientologists or mormons uh, could get lower but because um, I thought that was pretty. Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations! I started from an extremely low base and somehow managed to find a new floor. Uh, yeah. Good job, Elton. Uh, yeah, job. I'm, I'm glad to have performed that service for you. I'm delighted. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. What? 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 What are your? What's your final words, there, Elton? Um, so number one, the, the comparison to Nazism, uh, it, whilst it's something that has occurred to me previously, uh, hearing someone else articulate it, uh, it was quite interesting, quite fascinating. And particularly listening to those, to those clips and, and identifying that, that, um, similarity, uh, in, in, in both clips, um, was quite interesting just, just to hear someone else. I think it's always fascinating for me to hear the, the, I, uh, the observations that other people have who didn't grow up in the cult. Uh, it's just, it's just really, really interesting to hear like what this sounds like to a, to an outsider. Cause I don't, I don't have that perspective. Um, yep. So that, that is, is very interesting. I think, I think um, one thing to add is that these were two of, I don't know, hundreds of videos of moon mm. that are available on YouTube. Um, like most cults, this, the, the Moonies tried to like, document as many words of their guru as possible so before video was widely available uh they would write it down so there are websites you can go to and like they just have like all of his speeches which are just it's just an insane amount of content um 
Uh, not that I'm suggesting anyone spend any time on it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess there's all more. This is to if say, you guys are I, like this, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just kind of to the point earlier of like I can only highlight one drop in the bucket of the grift. I can only I can mm. only highlight one drop or two drops in the bucket of all the plethora of terrible shit that Moon spent his life spewing um mm-hmm. and i guess maybe yeah. that's my final word it's like is, is there, there's a lot of it out there and yeah i don't think i can ever do, no, do it justice oh i'm sure with the misogyny too it's just the tip of the iceberg oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there was there was so much stuff there and and, and I, th- I think the other thing is like i the, the message that i want people to have is like this is not just some you know harmless kooky religious group this is this is a place that is that is abusive and 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 i hope that people can understand that even just exposing kids to that type of language is a form of abuse uh let alone all the other types of abuse that it opens you up to later on in your life and the all the other forms of abuse that an organization like this does um so this is this is a, a dangerous dangerous group that has caused untold damage to thousands of people and that's what that's what i think the takeaway should be yeah i think that's a good you know not a fun note but a, a, an important yeah. note to to end on and stress so uh thank you for coming on elgin and talking to us and uh yeah i i, I will not tell you to gravel at the feet of your muscle master i, I will encourage people <laughs> not to gravel um at anyone's feet after listening to the content but um but, but thanks for coming on and, and guest hosting with us. No worries. It's been a pleasure. Folks, there you have it. That was really fucking good. And the thing that blows my mind is that Hitler reveal. The fact that a trained psychologist is specifically mentioning that Moon's methods and messages are similar to those employed by Adolf Hitler. It kind of blew my mind. And for anyone who's still on the fence about this shit, this was a professional who was comparing your Messiah to Hitler. Please just let that sink in and then you figure out what you want to do with that information. Next up on the show in two weeks time, going to be talking to someone with deep insights into the manipulation and abuse of Japanese members in the Unification Church. I think that's really important right now, considering everything that's happened in Japan with Shinzo Abe and all the scrutiny that is now being placed upon those sorts of abuses. So I hope you'll stick around. I'd like to say thank you again to Chris Kavanaugh and Matthew Brown. This is amazing. I hope to see those guys again and hope to bring them back on the show at some point. This has been really fun. And as always, thank you to Luciana Strait for the amazing boy band portraits. And thank you to Teddy Hose for the graphic design that puts it all together into one badass-looking album cover for this episode and for all the episodes, quite honestly. Thanks again to them, and thank you to you for listening. I'll see you next time. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.